0: Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there. Crypto Talk Radio found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Hello, hello out there, lovely folks. Crypto Talk Radio found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And my name is Leister, and I welcome you. If you're new, I welcome you. And if you're not new, I welcome you back. I have, I have some bad news. I, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. But seriously, I've got some. Everything's good in cryptocurrency, but I've got some bad news. Let me um let me get personal out of the way. So I had a chat with. He's basically the head boss of my client, my endeavor, <laughs> not the one I directly report in above. And I didn't want to do it, but I had to because it was just getting frustrated. And he's a cool guy. And he agreed with what I was seeing. And he's going to try to get involved and try to put some framework around that. And I think what it's going to mean, I think, what it's going to mean is certain people are going to have to just simply fall in line with what it is I'm trying to do. Because mine is just to get my client where they want them to be, where they want to be. And it's a lot they want to do. And I'm held back by silliness. And I'm trying to get the silliness out of the way. For me, they pay me a a pretty good amount of money. It's higher than my usual rate. They they offered it. I didn't ask. They just said, we're going to bump you up to here. It was double. It was almost double what they initially had paid because that's the way they normally offer it. And then they changed it for me because they appreciated the work I was doing. And so I've been just gung-ho. Even when I was paid less than what I should have done, I was gung-ho. I was always firing on all cylinders just because that's how I am. I'm a, I've always said I'm a blue collar at heart although I work in the white collar in my mind and in my heart, I'm essentially a blue collar. So I, I just go 150 period. So I was really appreciate hearing him say, you know what, I'll get in we'll make that happen. Cause I see what you're talking about and let's see what we can do to realign that and get everybody on the same page of what you're talking about. Cause yes, that is where we want to go. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens, you know, cause I was literally, it's like, I see where the problem is. The problem is people changed and, Things just got derailed. Let's get it back on track and get you where you're trying to go. I can't help without with these people in my way. So that's there. That's not the bad news. So that was just something I wanted to share because I wanted you to be in the loop as things transpire. I, I think it's good. And then I spoke with the person I do directly interact with. And the plan is to try to reassign one of the barriers that's remaining. We currently have, There's like two barriers remaining. One of them, he's like worse than the other one. And we're trying to apparently try to see if we can get that out of the way so we can move this forward finally. And I'm excited, cautiously excited for that. So that's on deck. Separately then, of course, I've been here now. I got here shortly after Labor Day uh, in the new place that I'm at. And I've been here now a couple months. We've already had that stupid inspection. It's a tiny place. I'm not a fan of the size of it at all. I like the quietness. It's a very quiet place. It's got a lot of peace. I'm, I'm very satisfied with that. I'm not satisfied with the size of it. They've got larger units, but they only have, let's say, three, six, nine. There's like, I want to say 30 total out of over hundred. And so they're always full and they don't have any vacancies to anticipate. So, then I was thinking, okay, maybe I need to buy something. This, trust me, ties into cryptocurrency today, which is why I wanted to tell this story. We're getting close to now 2024. I got a tax bill from this year, from 2023, that I got to pay because of how much increased money I made versus uh, 2021 and 2022. So I'm going to have to take care of the tax bill, and that's going to eat a little bit into what I got, but I'm doing another check next week. So that'll come in and kind of offset it, offset some of the pain. And I only have the one rent payment now and the rent payment's lower than the old rent. Then the only other expense I've got because my cars are paid off. So the only other expense I got then is, I, it turns out the insurance company, they canceled my freaking insurance. And I didn't know this, they didn't notify me. And then I got a letter later that said, well, they didn't do our underwriting. Deep, deep, deep. didn't bother emailing me or nothing. They just canceled it. So now I got to get another insurance and that's going to be, you know, a deposit to the, so it's not going to eat too much of my wallet. I'm just annoyed that happened because it means I can't legally drive until I get that all fixed. The reason I told that story, something significant happened in cryptocurrency today. And I want to talk about what that is. I want to talk about how it may affect me because I think it's important as I share this with you, because it's creating opportunities. And depending on how far it goes, which I can't predict fully, but depending on how far it goes, It means exciting things for CTR. Let's go ahead and get into that right now. Let's jump off with some numbers, shall we? Coindesk.com. We're going to start with Ethereum. And the reason I'm starting with Ethereum is because it's actually what's running, right? Zoom out to the month chart if you want to follow along. Ethereum had a major jump, 10%, just shy of 11%, a low of 1890, a high of 21. And you're like, geez, what the heck happened? A couple of things. First of all, the uh, there was BlackRock. They were releasing an Ethereum ETF. And so this caused some positive sentiments. chatter around the other Ethereum activities happening. You know, it's turned deflationary. There's all sorts of traffic around Ethereum. That's not to say Bitcoin's not up. Bitcoin certainly is up. It's just that Ethereum went on way more of a run. Bitcoin was a low of 35, roughly 35.8, a high of 37.9. So that's a pretty good shift, especially if you're trading on the Bitcoin side, but nowhere near the level of shift we're seeing on Ethereum. Ethereum is the winner right here. Ethereum is the one that's got everybody's attention, at least for the moment. Now, whether that lasts or not, nobody really knows. Nobody really knows for sure if this is a temporary blip or we actually are going to go to the moon, do, 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 and this is the initials. Usually, though, what I tend to see is if there's going to be that major type of a run, it'll usually affect both Ethereum and Bitcoin at the same time, not just one or the other. So it is certainly a bull market, and I am going to stress the bull market is crystal clear, obvious, blatantly obvious, right in our face. We are at a stronger bull market, and it is strengthening given the sentiment shifts we saw Things like Solana went on a major run as a result of Ethereum going up. And some of the secondaries like Chainlink, as an example, Polygon went on a bit of a run. And for Polygon, if you didn't know, Polygon is on the verge of, I think they already released it. So they, the, for the longest time, the token for Polygon has been MATIC, M-A-T-I-C. They released an actual P-O-L token. It's currently on the Ethereum chain. So it's benefiting from some of this. And it's pegged to the existing MATIC token. So it's, it's going to eventually replace it, but not yet. For now, this POL token is Ethereum, and it's benefiting from the run-up that we're seeing. Ethereum Classic went on a little bit of a run-up as well. Cardano went on some to run. Bitcoin Cash went on some of the run. If you notice the pattern of the ones going on a run, it's actually a lot of these chains, blockchain tokens, mostly because with the Ethereum tie-in, you know, you have wraps, wrap-type tokens that exists still on the Ethereum chain. And many of these will benefit from that traffic. So I've always said, if you've heard me at CryptoTalkRadio.net, I've always said core coins can't steer you wrong. They simply can't. The only one that's not really going on a major blast run is XRP. And I think that's really more of a, that's a timing thing. That'll, that will happen at some point uh, in a very near future yet to come. I don't think it's done. I don't think it's dead. I think it's going to have a major amount of upward movement at some point later. It just, we have to be patient with what we and take what we can get and make sure that you are taking profits as these run-ups may or may not sustain. And it's important to reconcile this that we see may or may not sustain. And I suspect, and it's just my theory, I think the run-ups in this, this particular set of run-ups, I think we're going to go back down a bit and then go up again. I think we're going to have a little bit of this. It's still in an upward trend, but I think we're going to go down a bit and then go up to a somewhat somewhat newish high, down a bit and then go up to a somewhat newish high. Like it feels like it's not going to be the steady up. And there's two parts to that. I think that people are taking profits like they should. I think there's still a little bit of the gambling on the exchanges that's going to hold stuff back. I also think that there's a little bit of uncertainty in some outlets because we still don't have firm decisioning What's happening with Gary Gensler and the Republicans trying to rein him in, I think it's helping, but you still have the Janet Warrens. You know, you still have all these Elizabeth Warren, Janet Warren, Elizabeth Warren and Janet Yellen's of the world off the side. Chatter tends to create negative sentiment as well. It's not just their actions, but what they say as well. All I say is make sure I think opinion, make sure that you are taking advantage of the profits that's in front of us. Total market cap at $1.4 trillion, which is amazing. I said before, if we get to $2 trillion in total market cap, I would qualify that as a bull run. We are certainly headed that direction because we haven't been anywhere near 1.4 in quite a long time. And this is great. And I'm excited for anybody that was able to get some life-changing for your situation and your level, some life-changing money out of this. And I'm just imploring you, and the reason I do so is because I know it's a fickle market. I'm imploring you to make sure you take those profits. Realize that benefit. It's tempting to just sit on it. And if you're a gambler and want to do that, that's great. I I think you should be, I think you've deserved to be enriched off of the profit that you can get, even if it's only partial. Like, for example, and in full disclosure, if you're new to the show, by the way, welcome. You know, I'm I'm essentially according to Dex Screener, you may not have known this, um, but according to Dex Screener, it's it's where I got this from. Dex Screener says that Leicester here at CryptoTalkRadio.net is a whale in bone. It says that. I, I have to go off what it says. I don't certainly don't feel like a whale. The amount of money put in doesn't feel like a whale. But as I thought about it, it's like, you know, I'm not really that far off from holding a pretty good chunk of the total supply. So I guess I kind of have to accept that given how much, how close I am to holding a good percentage of the total supply, I kind of had to just wrap it in my head that I certainly must be a whale by now, even if I don't really feel it, I just kind of have to accept that for what it is. So because I have so much, uh, you thuggish, ruggish bone, you know, in the, in the wallet, I wait for it to get to a threshold and then I cash out a little bit and I buy some of the projects. So I use some of it to buy back into Luna classic. Cause I had sold all my Luna classic at a point. I still have some, I'm pretty sure I still have some sitting in the um, Lunk challenge wallet. I think I haven't checked it in ages, but my main wallet I had sold on my Luna classic. I had sold all my, I still have a little bit of UST, like 400 UST, like five bucks worth, but my Luna classic, I had dumped it all out. So I use my bone profits and what i tend to do is distribute it so i took some of the bone profits and i bought uh into vault just because i think it's the right time it went to rock bottom because of the coin rabbit fiasco and some other sentiment type things i used some bone profit to restock my bnb because it was getting kind of low i used my profits to buy some rich quack because i'm i'm overall long term i think rich quack's one of those good projects that's on the wrong chain I think RichQuack if it was not on BNB would not be struggling right now. And the story about RichQuack was simply that they apparently the one of the central exchanges sold off a major bag of their tokens and it essentially rug pulled the project cuz they took all the money and it's still alive and they're still kicking but I don't think the sentiment is there. I think the community sentiment is, is toast just like with Volt. Like once that happens, it's really hard to gain that back up. Somebody on one of Lee's shows was talking about how this, I, and the name is stupid. It's like a what Harry Potter, Obama, whatever, do, 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 do something, token, apparently beat Volt on some exchange, which th- that whole, you know, game that they do on the exchanges just shows the strength of community. And for it to be, for Volt, which was at one time, one of the strongest communities in all cryptocurrency, to get beat by some token that nobody can even pronounce the fucking name. It's like, dude, you guys are toast. You guys are not where you need to be. And I had warned, and I got attacked from a warning. They didn't come back and give my credit, but I had warned the Vault community. Your strongest asset is the community. If you lose it, you're going to struggle. That's all I said, and I had them attack me 50 ways to Sunday. Here we are. I think Vault has a decent you know, thing about it, it was always about the community. It didn't matter what, what gets built. It didn't matter what gets thrown out. They're on over 80 some odd exchanges. None of that really mattered. And yes, the coin rabbit situation had an impact, but the truth is community was going to make or break that, that group. Because if you, if you could keep it together, you it's, it's nothing but blue skies, right? Irving Berlin, but, here, this situation, not just the coin rabbit, but just in general, the toxicity was there. I saw it when I did my video. When your folks are attacking me and all I said was, your community is your strongest asset, and if you lose that, you're going to struggle. Here we are. Was I wrong? No. I already knew it. It was obvious because I've been, as as most that have listened to me for a while, no. I've been exposed to all sorts of garbage out there. Volt was nowhere near garbage. Well, what's left over? If your if your utility is solid, if your site is solid, if your messaging generally is solid, if your social media strategy is solid, if all that's great, and then I look at your community and I already see the toxicity because you got people attacking, harmless opinion folks, like, dude, at that point, you're going to start eating each other. And that's what happened. There are people now that are still trashing Volt, saying it's a, it's, it's a scam, it's, it's a pump and dump, it's never going to recover, it's this, that, and the other. I mean, I see Vault right now very similar to what I saw of EverRise. It's the same thing. EverRise's community is in the crapper because of whatever happened with Jen and all this other garbage that I said was going to crap them further. And I had somebody come on me on EverRise. This was when I was on YouTube talking about this. RiserBots garbage is going to do this. And Jen was damaging the project this and All the stuff's in Telescam, which I've said repeatedly, I'm not going to Telescam. That's probably why you're sucking now because you're forcing people to a Telescam footprint and most don't do that. I see some new projects launch and some of them are less going to Telescam, which I think is great, but then you got people screaming at them to create a Telescam account. So there's demand and the reason for that demand is because it's all they know. Once you swayed, especially the overseas folks where there's censorship and everything else and I got it. I'm not saying you shouldn't have those platforms. I'm not saying that you should force your community to one place. I'm saying you need to you need to make sure all the outlets are up to date. Make sure you're on Reddit. Make sure your site's up to date. Make sure you're on social media. Make sure you're on multiple outlets. And yes, that takes a lot of people, a lot of time, and a lot of money. That's the point. Vold did a great job of this, arguably. But it allowed toxicity in its community, just like the Shiv community did, just like the little classic community did. And I just knew what was going to happen. It was easy. It was obvious. That's that's not crapping on them. It's, I was warning them, community is your greatest asset. And if you lose that, you're going to have a hard time. And that's where we're at. So I took some of my profits off of Bone and I was buying again into various projects. And it just so happened that what well, was one of them, because I had enough profit, it was like, okay, let me go ahead and do this. Let it ride and see if something happened. Now, Volt did get rid of the reflections, which I, I understand why. I don't think it's a good idea. Apparently, they got rid of tax. I understand why. I don't think it's a good idea. But I figured it was worth doing it. And then everything else was the main, you know, coins. You know, I bought some AVAX because I was running low on it. Bought some Solana. I bought some Phantom. I bought some of the uh, uh, Matic, the current token, not the P-O-L yet. i I'm waiting because they may do a, a uh, migration. So I weigh that out and then everything else is just letting it ride on bone. I do have the, I think I still have the ship bag somewhere. I wonder if I sold it. I might've sold it. I think I sold it. Yes, I did sell it. Yes, I did. Yes, yes. Sold the ship bag. And I think the reason I sold the ship bag was because there's a possibility ship goes somewhere, but it's going to take a long time for it to happen. So I've got time for it to go down further. And even now with this run up ship didn't really go anywhere. So that told me, okay, we got a little bit of ways to go down before ship's going to go on a run. And I think sentiment's harmed enough. I'll just wait it out. And then once I get, see a true bottom for ship then I can buy in and probably end up in a price point very close to what I had before. Cause I used to have, you know, millions and millions of ship in a, in a dust wallet, dusty wallet, like sitting off in the closet somewhere. And then I sold that finally, cause it was only worth like five bucks. And then now it's like, geez, I could I could get a billion shib if I really wanted to, and it wouldn't be that expensive. But the question is, if it's not going to go significant high in the short term, is it really worth it? I, then I had people ask me, well, why do, you, why do you believe so much in bone? And I wanted to explain that in the front half of this. Then I'm going to go into a couple of news bits around the run-ups that we're seeing here. The reason that I'm so up on bone, it, it isn't even really about bone itself. It's about m- math, the math of it to me, feels, and it's all sentiment, feels like there's got to be something to this. Bone has the 250 million in total supply, right? So, And it cannot have any more. They minted all the remainder, so it's never going to grow past the 250 million. Okay, with 250 million in supply, and then SHIB has 2 million holders right now. If you imagine everybody were to hold one bone, which is certainly possible, if they're able to hold one bone, you're going to have a supply constraint the value is going to go up right now. There's still less than hundred thousand holders on the bone side and it leans towards whales. Okay. Well, if it leans towards whales and they just stock it and accumulate and stock it and accumulate and stock it and accumulate at some point, that price is going to go up. It has no choice, but to go up. We've already seen, and I think it's been validated with this recent run that we're seeing. And people talked about this in coin market cap. We've already seen that bone does not want to go beneath 70 cents. At the low, it was $0.26 to put in perspective. Right now, it doesn't want to go beneath $0.70. I sent out a post on X where I showed we're only down over a year span. We're only down 1% on bone. Bone stability is really rock solid. It's really good. Unusually good. None of the other tokens or coins that I trade are anywhere near as reasonably reliable as bone. That's why I'm so strong on it. I look at it over spans of time, and I see it doesn't have anywhere near the disruption. Now, part of that is because Bone is not on the larger exchanges yet. Bone never made it to Binance, as SHIB did. Bone never made it to Coinbase, as SHIB did. Bone never made it, I'm pretty sure it's not on KuCoin either. I know it's not on any of the largest exchanges. I know for a fact it's not. And one of the prerequisites of it doing so was to be fully renounced. It's not fully renounced right now. Don't let them lie to you. It's not fully renounced right now because it's it's owned by a different contract. It's not owned by the the dead wallet. So, okay, we expect, when I say we, I'm saying the community, we expect that Bones got to be listed on the centralized exchanges at some point, especially given it's a gas token for Shibarium. It, it, at some point, it's got to end up there if it gets on Binance, it ain't going to be at 70 cents for very damn long. And it's certainly not going to be at a dollar for very damn long because that's where the greatest volume is going to come from, It's from the Binance side. And if you look at many of the tokens that are listed on Binance, they rocket, And we're talking greater supply than what we're talking about on this dude. Look at what happened with SHIB when it got on Coinbase Pro, same thing. My point is, I'm strong on bone for the math of it. It has a, it's, the supply is constrained. It's already minted everything it's got. It's going to be a gas token for Shibarium that hasn't changed. It has a very small, you know, relative to SHIB, very small holder count at this point, but it's skyrocketed in September with Shibarium. And even then it's still a fraction of the overall. Then the fact that it's not yet on the large exchanges, that's going to play in. And if you look at many of the charts of a lot of these gas tokens that's out there, it's obvious what's happened, right? Many of them started like 5 cents or 3 cents or something. And they're there for a couple of years. And then what happens? They skyrocket up and you never see them get back down to that low bit. It's possible bone is one of those and those other ones you're talking billions of tokens. So then like a polygon, right? Right. Billions of tokens, and it gets to what seventy cents, eighty cents, two dollars. Okay, with billions, so a thousand times a million essentially. Okay, I the math, the math to me screams that geez, this guy, there's no way in my mind opinion though it is there's no way it can't there's no way it can't get to something like a twenty dollars or fifty dollars. In my case. Because of how much I hold, because of how much I hold, $10 per is not going to be life changing for me. It would be life changing for the regular trader. It would not be life changing for me necessarily because I make so much money on my endeavor that even that would be a fraction of what I make. And I say that as allegedly a whale in bone, but 10 wouldn't be life changing for me because of how much I make on the endeavor. 20 wouldn't be life-changing for me. 30, not really life-changing. It would be good. I would smile at 30, but it wouldn't be life-changing. Once you start getting into the 40s and the 50s, I'm not going to say life-changing, maybe life-altering, maybe life-sweetening, not life-changing, but I would certainly have some smiles, and I would, you know, shake my head on that one. You get to things above 60. 60 and above dude, it's like, geez, I would, I wouldn't even know what to, I wouldn't even know what to do at that point, especially because I would know, all right, I can get the hell out of where I'm at. And because of the physical space that I live in, I'm talking the the state, because of where I live, it would actually, I could probably get a mansion somewhere like with, with just 60 per, and I would not do that. I'm saying I could, and that's in my mind of, all right, Now, how do I pay it forward? And that's where I was talking about getting my taxes paid, getting everything cleaned out, making sure there's no bills, making sure there's nothing there. Just waiting this out and waiting to see what this storm looks like, man, because if it goes where it looks like it's going to go and I get what I want, then the next step is easy. I go all in on CTR. I go literally all in. The radio station, its plan is going to be updated, uh, I think in a week and I'm going to be starting to broadcast through the radio station, and then I'm going to be doing a campaign on that one. Figured out now the way I want it. And then everything, podcasts. And I'm excited. I'm excited for the run-ups that I see. You're able to get something out of this. Again, take it. Take advantage of it. Don't sit on it, you know. Take profits because you. this is rare. This that we see is rare It's cyclical, but it's rare. We may not see this again, certainly not to this degree. And I wouldn't want somebody to get wrecked because of a poof hair or a Gary Gensler of the world or something else like that. Just know that I like what I do. I'm not going to stop what I do. And I'm certainly not going to turn into a, a crass simply because of cash, because that's the beauty of mine, because my endeavor pays me a lot as it is. So because it pays me a lot, my perspective is different. I am not looking at it as, okay, this is significant. It would have to be a significant climb, which could happen with it. But even then, my endeavor still pays crap tons of money. And I like working with them. We just got to get rid of the garbage. But I like working with them. So I'm going to still be that blue-collar-minded guy. I'm still going to be that guy who's on the J-O-B. It's just that what I do here with you guys and what I'm doing with the radio and everything else, I'm going all in because that frees capital for me to really do something. The last thing I'll talk about, and then we'll get into a couple of news bits. I wanted to give that because this positive run-up is opportunity. It's opportunity for all of us. It's not not just me. It's opportunity for you as well if you're already in it. Hopefully, you're not FOMOing in late, but you're already in waiting, and now you're taking profits is what I mean. So it's opportunity for all, and it excites me, which is why I wanted to share my story. But the other piece I'm going to be doing If this run-up goes where I think it is, I'll get a chance to do two things I've always wanted to do. Technically three, but really two up front. One is supporting local news. Local news in the sense of, used to be back in the days, the newspaper would actually go around different neighborhoods and they would actually know what's happening. You know, Farmer Joe just, you know, built up a new farm and did this over here you know, the the mayor is about to do this over here, or, you know, this school had this situation happen. Everything's, it's local news and local sentiment and local shifts, like with the COVID stuff, you know, knowing what's going on in your local, I think disconnects you from the chaos of the national. And what happens is a lot of these big venture capitalist firms have been swooping in, buying up these lesser papers and shutting down the local news aspects just doing the national news or the world news and then what happens they bias it against certain parts of news that's why certain voices were suppressed right and so that's it's all strategic is they're trying to suppress certain news you see the demise of certain advertisings. you see a push of everybody trying to you to evs even though there's all sorts of recalls and problems with those cars you see uh, the bad sentiment around you know fossil fuels, bad sentiment around certain of our our presidents and our congressmen and everything else because they're trying to give you get you to agree it's a group thing agree with a certain narrative and flow with that whereas local news is really around in a perfect world the local sentiment and whether it agrees with you or not because it could be that you need to operate and move you're in a place where it doesn't vibe with your values this happened with the whole abortion conversation. If you're in a place and literally nobody agrees with your values, it gives you awareness that maybe it's time to uproot and move. This is how it used to be in like the sixties and the seventies. You know, you would just get that sentiment that we just don't belong here. We need to go either go West or South or North or something to get to more common ground and local news lacking it. You don't have the awareness that things have changed. This, the theory is this is what may have caused what's happening out in places like San Francisco. And I can attest certainly to the demise of like Vegas, Vegas is a shell of what it used to be that I know it used to be. Vegas used to have a freaking train. I know what Vegas at one point used to be in a distant past. Vegas was amazing for what it was. And then they just shifted and basically became Eastern California and nobody really wants to live there. So all of which is to to rant a little bit and say local news is going to be a priority For CTR, we're going to be doing that on casual talk and on the radio side, the actual uh, classic uh, radio. So we're going to be interjecting pieces around local news, how you can get involved if it's something of interest to you. I'm not paid by anybody to do that. That's a personal thing for me because news sucks. And everybody should agree news sucks. It sucks because it's trying to feed you what they want you to accept and believe and think as opposed to giving you the fair not even around politics. I'm talking just in general. It's it's data that you really should know about who, who you live with, right, in your local circles. And I think that's lost and I want that back. And I'll be, I don't wanna say volunteering, but I'll be contributing hours and my platform to supporting that endeavor because I think it's very important that I do that. Uh, the second that I want to really get involved with is around I don't, I haven't chosen this yet, but I want to get into nonprofit and the nonprofit that I'm really strong about right now is how to help the education system. As I've said, the education system in the United States is failing people at a rapid pace. So I would like to get involved in ways to creative ways to get our education system back on track. But most importantly, I want to make sure that our young people are educated with the types of values that I was given in terms of work ethic, showing up, being on time, being excited, being engaged, put the fucking phone down and get your work done. Once you're off the clock, you do whatever. But when you're on the clock, you're on the J-O-B. I would like to consider some way in nonprofit form to support that because here's the truth. I and many of those listening to this right now, regardless of crypto, because we know that crypto at some point is going to have a future, where it is embraced. That's fine. But it's not going to replace the problems we got right now. It's not going to replace our economic issues. It's not going to replace our tax issues. It's not going to replace all the other fiscal problems and fiscal irresponsibilities and biased politicking that goes on. Crypto is not a solution to anything. Crypto is just a tool that's being abused right now. And my concern, however valid, my concern is if we don't leave the next generation with some of our true morals and principles, I'm talking the good ones, all it's going to do is destroy the legacies that we're trying to form, whether that's your family directly or just simply our history, right? Our history, our heritage, our legacy. I have a very rich history. My my name, Leicester, comes from a very rich history, and it's pretty obvious where that comes from. It actually comes from overseas, comes from Europe. So I, I have a very rich history behind me that I don't want to, ignored or edited or altered, which is the current social sentiment, is to modify history because of the mistakes of a certain part of the culture. I embrace that history. I embrace who we are and who we were. And if crypto goes where I suspect it will, I'm sharing the message. I plan to use some of that to instill and reinforce why it's important and how who I became contributes and how I can pay that forward. I want them to have the same work ethic I do because that's the only way we're going to keep what we've built, what all of us have built. And that's important to me. So I tell all that and I spend a while, but I tell all that because this isn't for me, this isn't about, okay, I get rich and go off and be a whatever and hire hookers and blow. I don't do drugs and I damn sure wouldn't pay for sex. This is, this is an opportunity for me to pay it forward. The legacy is then paying it forward. That lives forever. But it's important that I make sure everybody understands why it matters. It matters because if we don't do that, what are we really doing? We're we're contributing to that damage. I refuse to do that. I refuse to let people like Greta Thunberg, as an example, steer us in the wrong direction simply because a select few think a thing and they can't back it up. And then we want to do what some other people want to do, which is delete or edit our history burn our books, tear down statues, etc. I'm done ranting. I wanted to get that all off my chest. And I wouldn't say it's a rant, but I want to get that all off my chest because it was very important to me that I let you know and reassure I've got lofty visions if this turns into something. And it's on it's on audio, so you can hold me accountable because you would be along for the journey if you chose to be. Two points that I'm going to be talking about, only the two points, and these are really I don't want to say opinion pieces because that's not fair, but there are pieces that I think you should be aware of as we see where crypto is going to go in this next couple of months. In a past episode, I talked about, and if you're new, you wouldn't have heard this, but I talked about how cool it would be if the banks were on board with cryptocurrency. There are people who don't like that. There are people who think banks should be out of that way. I don't agree with it. I think that as long as people are allowed to trade cryptocurrency, the same way you buy stamps, right? If you buy stamps, nobody gives a damn, even though they have value. They have intrinsic value, but nobody cares. You can go and just buy the stamps, and it is what it is. Or just get a cashier's check. Nobody cares. They don't really write your stuff down. They don't care. It's just whatever. I'm saying that if we can treat cryptocurrency that same, where we can transact it openly, we don't have to duly know to do KYC garbage and know our names and all that stuff, because the truth is... The whole money laundering excuse is nothing more than an excuse. It's not, you're not going to solve that problem by following and treating everybody like a criminal. And so I said, if the banks were on board, I think you can get the best of both worlds. You can safely, as in if, if your goal is to keep people safe, which is what you claim, how better to do it than with banks. And you might even actually encourage more banks to show up instead of the current monopolies that we have because demand would then start to out, outstrip. We definitely would need more banks to keep up. And that would help more people get in cryptocurrency, which in theory can help with tax revenues if it's done correctly. If you're doing it abrasive form, as in you're going after people like they're a criminal, none of this comes to truth. But if you do it safely, you do it calmly, and you try to encourage people that we're not trying to rip you to hell off. And we understand it's a rough economy. We understand that we jacked up the with inflation, everything else, and this is a great way for you to get back some of the money that we took from you, then I think it could be a good thing. People are starting to resonate with what I was referring to, which is safety in cryptocurrency is harmed by the lack of bank involvement. The, the current method of what we theorize is to be the bank involvement, that being them taking it over, is certainly not the right answer, but we can be more safe using the banking system if we were to actually embrace cryptocurrency and use banking to strengthen it. This goes to the whole proof of reserves conversation on a past episode. I talked about how proof of reserves is in the wrong direction because it has to talk about assets and liabilities, not just assets. In a banking structure, you have no choice because of other laws that already exist. You have to duly note all of the different things in play. If I have certain cryptocurrency and I can equate it, and I know people don't like this, but I can equate it in value to fiat, it lends assurance about losses and gains and how it's being used. Is the bank lending it out like PooFair, where he's just openly lending it out and you don't know that's happening and you don't know where it's going and you don't know how they're enriched. The banking system has so much regulation behind it, it'd be near impossible for them to do something that level. It wouldn't avoid something like what happened with John Stump, idiot on Wells Fargo, where they're basically cramming services on people that they didn't ask for. That requires oversight as well. But that's an outlier. That's an extreme outlier. It's not like every bank does that garbage. It is true that banks like Wachovia and Washington Mutual and others were just openly, willy-nilly giving home loans without any sort of due diligence. That's something that's going to keep on happening no matter what we do. But with cryptocurrency in play, I think it changes the game. I think it opens up new opportunities. I think it can help rather than harm. But they've got to be able to embrace cryptocurrency first because if they don't and they keep treating it like a crime, it's not going to go anywhere. And the excuse about money laundering, as I said, it's stupid because, again, if we were talking cash, they wouldn't even know something was happening. Why are you ignoring that? Why are you ignoring somebody... You could go into a bank right now and ask for 10 grand in cash. They're not going to blink twice at you as long as it's cash. Now, once you start doing something like a check or something else, then there's more duly notes because there's a balancing, there's a reconciliation, there's all sorts of things. But when it's a cash transaction, it's a cash transaction because it's legal tender. Why is that any different from the fiat versus crypto? It's not. The truth is they're so busy fighting crypto, they're not thinking about how to creatively use it To strengthen our economy. It's an easy win. It's an easy give. And everybody would be on board if they would just do it correctly. The last thing I want to talk about is around the short squeeze. Short squeeze is basically if you are gambling on some of these exchanges in one direction or another, it means that the trend is going opposite of where you're going. So let's say that you have something on an exchange where you expected Bitcoin to go down, right? You expect it's going to go down, so you're shorting it because you think it's going to go down. And then what happens? We get a bull market, strong bull market, or even a full-on bull run. But we get a strong bull market, and it starts to shift it upward. If you don't catch it, take your profit, do a stop loss and take your profit, before it gets over the threshold, this is why it's gambling. Because you don't know that it's going to go up. You don't know when it's going to go up. And you don't know the pace or the rate. The exchange will make an estimation, but it may get it wrong. It often does. So then people are doing this on a regular basis. This is a trading strategy. It's normal. It's natural. I just got an email from Kraken and Coinbase both saying, yeah, we'll let you do futures trading. Doop, doop, doop. And I've done it before. I did it on Doge Chain. I did it on a couple of ones, AVE. Aave. I've done it before. It's not really for me. Only because, again, I think I would rather have the stock. Like, I feel like I want to just hold my stock of a thing and then trade it spot based on the profits when they come because it's a safer bet not your keys not your coins i don't want to have to leave it in the exchange to do the trading there are certainly descends where you can do limit trades and all that but i don't necessarily trust that because those exchanges get hacked on a regular basis so the short squeeze i describe is again where the price trend is going the opposite direction of where your trading was and bitcoin was right in the middle of this because a lot of people were still shorting bitcoin and they didn't expect it to go up This fast or this hard. So, a lot of people got liquidated, as it's called, as in they were basically those got sold off to pay back those loans over $62 million over in a day, a span of a day. That's a lot of money that gets liquidated. And there's a lot of liquidations that keep on happening. And I want to make sure you understand this liquidation that's happening, there's going to be a hell of a lot more than this because I guarantee you that there's people that are going to be shorting. All the way through a very bumpy month or two, because I estimated 2024, we're gonna see a lot more liquidations. And the liquidations this time are actually a good thing. They're actually putting us in a positive s- spin. And I think it's great, but just be careful if you're if you're one of those, be careful. As I said, you gotta time that to make sure you're taking your profits and not leaving them there if you are gonna do that. And if you're on, you know, sitting on tokens. Be careful of those traps. You could see a green and be tempted to FOMO off of whatever you see or red and tempted to FOMO. Be careful. You gotta, you gotta be careful because volatility, I believe volatility is gonna start getting a lot more aggressive over the next couple of months with Bitcoin in particular, especially with what I see on Ethereum. That's my gut instinct speaking. I can't tell you what to do with your money, but I wouldn't want somebody to get completely wrecked because of the volatility that I foresee. Because the industry wants to run. It wants to run up, and when it does, it's going to be a beautiful thing for certain people and not so beautiful for other people.